You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Guglieri. Ah, uh, Paul, I'm still coming down from the high. That is Nicole Alvarez and her stories and just her vibe and energy overall. <laughs> she is a, uh, a one-of-a-kind, Jason, and it, it makes sense that a one-of-a-kind voice with a one-of-a-kind perspective would be featured on a one-of-a-kind station. Wow. I have no notes. 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we get into this week's episode, we are at 148. Oh my goodness. We're closing in on, on a fun little milestone. Um, we got a fun episode for you today. It's going to focus a lot on our friend, Mike McCready, as you'll come to realize. And uh, before we get into that, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who listens week in and week out. Anybody who's new, welcome along. You got plenty of stuff to listen to if you're just getting started. And we appreciate you taking the time out of your drive, out of your night, out of your workout, whatever it is, walking the dogs, um, avoiding responsibility, whatever you got going on. Uh, We appreciate you spending that time with us. And uh, big shout out to anybody who is a patron on Patreon. We really appreciate your patronage uh and your help with uh many feeding things. the algorithm feeding the algorithm being one you got to rate you got to <laughs> review you got to subscribe um that's always very helpful for new people to find the show as every week there's a couple more a couple more each week uh and the and the patreon people patrons as they're called uh they help us figure out how to create the next iteration of the podcast t-shirt it's out there now people have it in their homes i've seen pictures uh, I'm nearly sold out of this first batch, so second batch coming pretty soon. So if you want one, slide in those DMs. Today, we are going to continue a song deconstruction series we've been doing. We've talked about favorite intros, best outros, best choruses. I don't think we've done verses yet. That's kind of hard. Um, might take some time. But this week, we are talking about the top five best guitar solos in the catalog. Yep. This was fun. As a, as guitar players ourselves diving into this part of the of the catalog is always a lot of fun. And then we're going to discuss our friend Mike McCready and his favorite songs to play as told to a publication in the last uh, I think it was 5 or 6 weeks I can't remember. One of our fabulous listeners uh reminded me of this on Discord recently. Mm-hmm. I said, "You know what? Let's bring it on the show. Let's talk about it." So that'll come after 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 our discussion on solos and of course live cut and lyric of the week so let's get into it paul let's talk about guitar solos and we're in studio yeah yeah because it'd be really hard to go through every version of the alive solo every version of the whatever solo right that could be tough so we'll we'll stick to the studio and i know many of you be like oh but like mansfield 98 i'm sure it was great but who has the time? <laughs> who has the time, really? So we're sticking to the studio. Everything in the studio is open for grabs. Whoever played it, Stone, uh, Mike, uh, I don't think I'd play solos. So probably just those two guys. Guitar solos, remember, guitar solos. 
So, um, anything that sprang out to you when you when you looked at, into these solos? Would anything pop? Anything surprise you before we get into our five? Uh, versatility. Mm. I think uh, I hear the same handful of solos in my head when I think Mike McCready guitar solos. Mm-hmm. But it, when I started to dig into this, I started to have a greater appreciation for um, just how special this band is. Um, there, there is a, a lot of secret ingredients to this <laughs> secret ingredient sauce, <laughs> and and to channel <laughs> Poe and, and the uh, the Dragon Scroll. Uh, you know, you you just got to believe in yourself, and yeah. Mike does that in Spades, and there is a confidence to his guitar playing that allows him to um occupy a lot of lanes at once mm. and it's uh it's pretty cool so i, I got two honorable mentions that i want to i want to throw out there first <clears throat> the, the first one is, is life wasted mm, good choice uh, and, and honestly this this was in my top five and, and i i was very reluctant to push it out but to fade out or uh, not yeah. to fade out yeah. jason yeah that is the question uh, you could and, say and Life Wasted Solo from the demo version that we all heard leak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. But you're listening to Fade Out in your head. You're thinking, oh, well, no, hold, don't, don't do that. What do you, <laughs> what's happening here? And I think that when, when you, uh, when you, when you're leaving that kind of an impression, that is, that, that, that is a true indication of a, of a legendary solo. When as a listener, you're thinking the song is literally incomplete because of that mm. uh so to, to be able to hear the demo version in its entirety it, it's just fury at its finest uh but because of the fade out i think uh it's hard to to, to put it in the top five outside of that the, the second one for me is go and uh, mm. I, I say go because that building swelling solo it it just kind of advances it builds to this crescendo of carnage and that's a great and way it, to put it, it. It is a moment in the pearls. It's virtually unmatched in the entire catalog. Um, so I think in a lot of ways that, that, again, this was in my top five and it was, it was a reluctant omission, but I think it's one of, of Pearl Jam's fastest up-tempo endings. And, and it has, it's just a, a fitting, fitting end with Mike, just that, that blistering ending there. So a, a cacophony of carnage or a crescendo of carnage, if you will. My note so, was chaos. Yeah, it <laughs> is. That, that, so it, I know, man. And it's uh, it's a worthy, worthy addition to any top five. Uh, and, and it's only because there, there are two songs that I would say no credible list would omit mm. that uh, that I don't have those two in there. Got it. Uh, but otherwise, I would say that the, those are absolute must. Well, technically, you have five that are... That are- can't miss that otherwise that's true be that's true now uh, the uh last honorable mention is red mosquito and oh and good shout forgot about that a, one this is another one that i again had a hard time not putting in the top five and it mm. was and, and it's only because of two or to uh, you know a handful of iconic songs that i think anybody listening to this would say your list is a, a pile of you know <laughs> monkey dung for I, I can't even take you seriously you don't have these two or three songs in there but if somebody came at me and said those three are not in my top five and these ones are, I, I would be okay with that only because there's su- such a unique flavor. It's what I talked about, the many lanes of Mike McCready. Red Mosquito, there's that that this slide effect. It seemingly just emulates this, this mosquito that's just buzzing around your ear. And 
it has this dirty blues quality to it that I think mm-hmm. really does a great job of showcasing that versatility that I alluded to earlier. And it adds this surrealist element to the song without necessarily trying to. Think of a song like Black Hole Sun. There is an effect mm. that is added to that guitar to create that surreal feeling. Uh, and that's obviously enhanced by the video, but <clears throat> it's very intentional and deliberate. I think with Red Mosquito, what shines about Mike's guitar playing in this solo is that it's equally as deliberate and purposeful, but it's not done in a way that's the, you know created through the, these, these glitzy effects. I, it's just done through the quality of skillful playing. And... <clears throat> I don't know. It's, 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 it's a standout solo to me. It's one that I think actually, uh, a signature moment in the song, you know, I think so. I didn't have it as a, as a honorable mention and it's not in my five, but that doesn't mean that, uh, that it's not great. And that I should have had it as an honorable mention because it should be there. Uh, it's unique in that it probably is the, for me, at least the focal point of the song. That's yeah. That's what I mean. In a similar way to nothing as it seems where Mike is the focal point of the song. And it's it's almost like the song is built around him being great, you know? Right. So in a sense, I, I totally agree with you. I think go is a great shout. The animal mentions that I wrote down and I had a longer list that I pared down to the list and like the ones that were like on, Hey, it's March madness season. So the ones that are on the bubble, but, but burst, um were alone i think the solo and alone is super underrated it builds so beautifully um another one is severed hand my goodness oh yes that solo is fantastic you might even have it in there for all i know Uh, i had that in immortality as my last honorable mentions oh great and then uh the i am mine solo it's very simple it's very kind of like i like that call you know it's 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 concise but it's like hollywood couldn't write better notes like it all makes sense where it's going to go and how it ends up so right i thought that was a nice a nice um touch there uh and plenty others that i'm not going to bother with but you mentioned a few of them anyways so let's get into the list the top five solos in our opinion guitar solos so uh go ahead lead us off oh boy well i think uh it's hard to not have even flow in a list like this. It's uh, it, it's one of those songs that for many people, it was an introduction to Mike McCready. Mm. And I mean, you, you know, you listen to Surge over at Black Circle and, and a, a lot of guitarists who will cover Pearl Jam's music. And, one of the most enjoyable things for them to do is to play even even flow and uh i think that when we go and we see them play even flow live um and i know the the, the live component is not supposed to be a qualifier here, but <clears throat> it's one of the few songs in the catalog where the solo on the album is is still just as important to the song and just as much a highlight and uh you know be there for this moment as it is when you when you hear it live, and I know a lot of fans will sometimes, you know, go grab a beer or whatever, or hit, hit the head when when they start playing even flow, just because I mean, like you and I, we went and saw two shows. They played it both nights, right? So I mean, in theory, you could miss a one of When's them. When's the last and, time and it just, actually missed the show? I well, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. you 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 can if you're seeing them for multiple nights, it's it's one of the few songs that you can bank on hearing again, even if you you mm-hmm. walk away the first mm-hmm. or second night that you <clears throat> that you heard it, but. All that notwithstanding, um, 
it is just as important an element of that song as as any other uh, contribution from from the other band members. It, it's not just there for flavor. It it is literally embedded in the very fabric of the construct of this composition. So <clears throat> I think it it does a a, a marvelous job. And it, it, this song used to have like the the frat boy. It was like the frat boy anthem for a long mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. in the nineties. Even though it was ironic that it was, <laughs> the irony mm-hmm. of it is pretty thick in retrospect. But this solo, I think, had a lot to do with why. So <clears throat> I think it, it's hard to to not yeah. see a top five. Listen, I mean, e- the even flow solo. Uh, I actually kind of I didn't forget, but I sort of forgot what it was um, going when going through this because I haven't listened to the studio cut in a long time. I've, right. I've heard the I've listened to probably a hundred live cuts since the last time I listened to the studio. Listen, it's it's the grooviest solo for me yeah. in the catalog. It's bluesy. There's some shred going on. It's soaked in reverb, whammy bar. It's got a lot going on. A lot of the tricks in the bag are out. Um, I think because I've heard the live version so many times and because it gets so extended and he takes all his bags of tricks and he does them multiple times, that when I listen back to the studio, it's it's great. Lost, it's, it's, like almost, it's almost too concise now for me. Yeah, I hear you. So for me, it wasn't in my top five, even though from a historic perspective, if you take everything into account, it's probably right. two. It's like, it's way up there. So for me, that because we're keeping it, well, <clears throat> supposed to keep a distinction of studio, but it's so hard to like, not keep that in the back of your mind. I, I barely excluded it. It was on the edge and it, it didn't make mine, but I like that you included it because I'm sure somebody would punch us virtually if we didn't. <laughs> um, my fifth choice is Quick Escape. Nice. The tones on this thing, the effects used, uh, he's all over the map sonically. It, it's utter chaos in a different way to the chaos of go but he's in control the whole time he you know mike wants this chaos and it's just fantastic i i love that he felt he just wanted to go crazy uh on the record when you, we hear him go crazy all the time live but on the record he's often more focused and here he was like i'm just gonna go fucking nuts um he gives you like little spaces to breathe and then dive bombs and then repeats itself um it's like a fun version of when like your older sibling would dunk you in the pool and then let you up for a second to breathe and dunk you again. It, like it's terrifying, but ultimately you're okay. But in this case, Mike is the dunker. The solo is the donkey and it has no feelings. So we can just listen and enjoy the chaos knowing that the solo is totally fine. But like that weird analogy aside, I just think this solo is Mike McCready's brain just saying, okay, it's all the time on, and then just goes. And it's like everything he's learned and known to this point, it's just blah, solo vomited out. And it's just fantastic. Right. That's my number four as well. Oh, there you go. Uh, and and uh, you ob- obviously very eloquently summed up a lot of the reasons why uh, I'll keep my reasoning more concise. Uh, I will err on the, you know, bre- brevity is the better part of valor in this case. So uh, <laughs> there are three big signature moments to me on that album the end of retro uh, retrograde mm-hmm. uh, the end of dance of clairvoyance and mike solo and quick escape so it's it, it, if i look at it as the you know 
one of the top three highlights of an entire record. It's kind of hard for me to not say it's one of his finest achievements. And uh, live, he crushes it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just... But more importantly than that, um, it I think you you said it best when you said that it's the culmination of so much that he has learned over the years. It, it, it is chaos. I agree with you, but there's a controlled nature to it. It's not this frenetic, wild, you know, writhing around on the floor like Michael J. Fox. Just you know, it's there is <laughs> back to the uh, future reference, everybody. Back to yeah, the future yeah, reference. Exactly. <laughs> There, there is a, a controlled nature to it. And I think that that is a testament to the true mastery mm. of what's happening here. And it would, it would, I'm sure that there are, are people who understand the art of guitar playing. Most people probably <laughs> understand the art of guitar playing better than I do. <laughs> and I would imagine that they, they would look at a solo like this and see the patterns and, um, uh, the 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 plays on scales that really really make it special so yeah 100 well my number four choice why go wow I say this because we talked about all the different things he can do. Well, first record, Why Go, track four, maybe his best shredding solo. He's up. He's down. He really takes you on a journey in this one. Uh, When I was first listening to it, I got not the speed portion, but I got um, from a vibe point of view, a lot of like the Unforgiven solo that Kirk Hammett does, where he kind of like starts high, brings you down low, and then brings you back up again. Like there's like a physicality to where he's taking you on that fretboard that I think is also here in this solo. Um, There's a a really cool uh, overdub a couple of times with reverb and wah. Um, It's kind of like a roller coaster of emotions. And, And he lands you right back at the start of the chorus in a perfect spot, perfect way. And I think there's a few more fluid solos in this one. There's, there's, it's chaotic too, but it's also like, it's, it's more like being on the roller coaster and knowing you can't fall off because you're attached to it, but you still get the feelings of being like up and down and up and down and up and sideways and back and forth. He's all over the neck. And the way that you get back to that chorus is just like, you're just sliding right back into the starting gate of the roller coaster. I think it's just fantastic. Love it. Great call. Great call. I think uh, for three, for me, it's nothing as it seems. Oh, nice. It's it's a Jeff song that essentially became a showcase for Mike McCready's solo guitar work. Yeah, and uh, you don't really necessarily see that happen a lot with Jeff's work, but it's atmospheric in its brooding, and the guitar work to me really does a fine job of tethering us, despite the aura of detachment that permeates those lyrics. And I think that that is a special quality for you to have a song that 
is really supposed to leave you disconnected in a lot of ways. Um, but the way that Mike, it, it's almost like he reaches out through the speakers with mm -hmm. this solo and hooks you and he keeps you from falling. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's almost like a trust fall in reverse. It's, it's so funny. So put it yeah, on a t-shirt. Trust fall in reverse. <laughs> State of love and trust. <laughs> a trust fall in reverse. Uh, yeah, or nothing as it seems in this case. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that for me, that that one's number three right now. I like that choice. Uh, and I've always loved that song because of Mike, like I said earlier. Yeah. Well, number three for me, I'm going back to Gigaton. Wow. Oh, yeah. Super Blood. Love it. Boom. Love it. <laughs> Man, that hammer-on pull-off dive bomb thing at the outset, when I first heard that, I was like, that is fucking unreal. Hey, uh, he's at the peak of his powers here, right? So it's, I mean, no surprise from you. Here's one thing that I learned, by the way, that I, I didn't say at the outset, but like going back through the catalog to find the solos, there actually aren't as many as I thought that there were. Like, mm. there's, like I think Vitalogy has like maybe a half a solo on it. Like, yeah, immortality like the, is pretty immortality, sparse. right? Like yeah. otherwise, there's not really any souls on it. There's very few in the next couple of records. Stone has the evolution solo, mm -hmm. which, by the way, I think is very good. Um, there's there are, there's actually less than we think there are. There's a right. bunch of the first two records, and then on the last couple of them, or I guess you say av avocado and gigaton. There's a ton, but uh, anyways, when I was going through this, I go shit, gotta do super blood wolf moon. It, it, it feels like he's tight roping over a cliff at all times with this one it's it's like he remembered what he did for like the comatose solo and then said what if eddie van halen covered that i'll just do that it's an incredible solo all over the map i think the the, the way that they they mic'd this thing the way that josh evans mic'd this thing added he must have had um, a, a mic close up to the cabin. He must have had another a couple of mics out in the room, grabbing room sound to create this fullness. And then the way he panned everything, and then there's delay, and then there's reverb, and Mike's got the whammy bar. Like it just it's all over the map. But again, like Quick Escape, he's totally in control. And I just effing love that solo. Solid call. All right, so we're, cool. we're two now, Paul. This is where we might have the same ones. I don't know. Well, I mean, probably will. I've got a live here. It's it's not the song I want to have here because it's 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 too. Uh, predictable but I want to say Guitar World had a uh, a list the oh, magazine really? had uh, the, the Guitar World magazine readers submitted uh, a list of top guitar solos of all time as voted on by, by their readers and uh, there are two Mike McCready solos that are on this top 100 list mm -hmm. and Alive's one of them and mm -hmm. uh, I understand why yeah uh, it's it's an epic classic rock 
amazing rip roaring solo that is uh you know a- as iconic a moment in the song as as eddie's lyrics are and as the the crowds <laughs> you know reimagining of of the chorus has has become live and it's hard to imagine no pun intended being at a pearl jam show and uh watching as the lights come on oh, yeah. and being okay with really? that. like yeah it's we've gone away from you know this is a rock show josh you know to yeah. you know they turn off the lights to let's turn them on because yeah. we're all still alive <laughs> and right i mean it's yes we've come full circle mm. and, and like when is that happening it's happening during a mike mccready solo and uh it, you feel alive man i don't know it's uh it's it's one of those solos that literally defines what it means to be alive <laughs> yeah um I'd comment more, but I'll, I'll just have to wait about two minutes before I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> number two for me. <laughs> number two for me is Yellow Light Better. Make me cry. Make me cry. Probably the most mic soul there is, you know? Yeah. You, you can hear Hendrix. You can hear Stevie Ray Vaughan. Influences on full display. It's not shreddy, but he will emotion. He wills emotion out of every single note. And so when Nicole talks about that being her favorite song as a song that doesn't really have lyrics, that most people connect with songs because of the stories or the poems or the, the lyrics that are written and sung in a certain way. And while Ed does a great job of emoting the vibe of the song, and we kind of know what it's about, kind of, sort of, but there really aren't lyrics per se. It's it's a ve- again a vehicle for Mike, and and the and the soul of the song is in Mike, and the solo is the closest we'll ever come to feeling Mike's soul through his guitar playing. Yeah. I think, uh, and so for me. And I imagine you're coming here next. It's just, it's the Mike McCready solo, barring the one where you talked about, I'm about to talk about, but yeah. Yeah. Well, can I throw a little bit of a wrinkle? Please do. A a minor curve to this. this Is your your number one not not Ledbetter? I have a 1A and 1B. He's cheating again. God damn it. But here's the reason. The the 1A is the yellow Ledbetter for all the reasons that you said. Okay. It it is, it is, uh, you know, it is Mike McCready. It is, it is by definition. It, when, when you think Mike McCready solo, this is the song mm-hmm. that you think of. Uh, for all the reasons you said, I, I don't want to restate everything verbatim, but my, my one B is black. And I'll tell you why. Is there a solo in there? There is. Okay. There is. Okay. Uh, you know, it's special. When arguably Eddie Vedder's finest vocal performance has slowly been overshadowed by Mike McCready's wailing solo instead. Played live. Now, the guitars on the album are somewhat muffled and subdued. They are kind of overshadowed. Uh, I shouldn't say that. They they are the, they the are mix suppressed. is different. The, the mix the is mix very is much yeah. about the vocals for sure. It is. It's it's high vocals at the front of the of the of the song, and the solo is really really pushed to the back in a way that like i said it, it's it's subdued and and muffled 
Um, but you can hear it back there, right? And if you focus on it, you you really you really hear something cool, and you hear something that, when played live, you start to understand. It's almost like a, a language that you're listening to, but you're not hearing all the words. Mm. And then you finally hear it all, and it suddenly connects. Um, they really do that solo on the on the record, though. It does help carry that emotive refrain in in such a way that when it's played live now. The solo to me channels uh, that howling despair and, and the heartbreak in such a way that I think it succeeds in expressing the very essence of a song that Eddie's voice was once thought to be the only thing capable of doing. So that is that is a Herculean achievement <laughs> because Eddie Vedder's voice is arguably the best instrument in Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, and and for for for, uh, for Mike McCready to deliver a solo that has that 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 can replace that in in one of the most iconic Pearl Jam songs ever written is a Herculean feat. So you're not going to get an argument from me based on that right there, uh, because the outro, the last two minutes, ninety seconds or so of that song, there's three things holding it up. It's the vocals, which are mostly background at that point. It's just it's the do 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 do. The piano, yeah, and McCready. They're the thing stitching it together and letting it flow. Sure, Stone and Jeff and, and Dave are doing their thing. Right. Of course, as the rhythm section. But it moves like the ocean because of what those three things are doing, what what the interplay of those three things are. Mm-hmm. So I I I like your point. I take your point. I do not have a one B. Uh, I have just a one, uh, and it is alive. And I mean, for me, the opening phrase is everything. It's it's etched on my brain. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't even try. <laughs> in fact, every lick in this solo is so thoughtful that I almost hate that he improvises live. <laughs> it's one of the most near perfect solos ever. The simple bends after the vocal break. I mean, it, the, in the whole ending, of course. The, the, that, what was that video game? Rock Band or something rock like band? that? Yeah. yeah. There's a reason this song was the Pearl Jam inclusion, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Guitar Hero, I think is the other one. Oh, there you, thank you, Guitar Hero. Yeah. Um, the, the, the bending pattern just whips you from bar to bar and then the slide down the neck. It's almost like he's, again willing the rest of the band to keep up with him. And just when you think he could be done and it'd be great, he keeps going. And then the ending. Right up the fretboard, the bends until he can't bend no more. It's just, it's so well written. It's so well executed. There's flow. There's some fast moments. There's some slower moments. It, it helps that the four chord the four chord progression is such a way that it's always resolving. And so it yeah. helps the guitar yeah. solo whip back around again, even if he's like mid phrase. It's almost like he you'd rather him be mid phrase while the band goes back to the start, you know, of the bar. Yeah. And it just works so perfectly together. So maybe like a there's an assist here from the band for giving him the platform to write this most iconic guitar solo. 
And I, I remember we did an episode with um, Luis and Sergio from Black Circle on our favorite live moments of the um, official bootleg era. So 2000, 2020, I think it was 20 at the, time, at the time. So three years ago. And I think I'm, I may have pulled an alive solo from like, you know, Oh three or something like that. And Luis goes, yeah, that's a great solo, but honestly, or maybe it was Sergio, nothing will ever compare to the, to the studio version because of how well it was written. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's number one for me. Uh, you're not, you're not going to get an argument from me. It wasn't <laughs> my one, but it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what y'all think. Um, led better in a live kind of, it's, it's, I don't know how you can have it. either one of them, not in the top two. Uh, but some other ones we had in there, we both had quick escape. Um, you had, uh, nothing as it seems great shout. Mm-hmm. What was the other one that you had in there? That was, I had even flow alive, even flow. led better. Yeah. Nothing as it seems. Yeah, and, and then my honorable run. mentions were oh no, quick escape. Thank you. And uh, yeah. my, my honorable mentions were um, life wasted, go, red mosquito, and uh, severed hand. Yeah, and I had super blood wolf moon in there as well. Mm. Um, honorable mentions alone, severed hand. I am mine. I'll I'll briefly touch on. Um, I think Stone's evolution solo was really cool. Even comatose is pretty good. I think it was the be- I think it was the better of the two of life wasted and, Le- and comatose, but maybe maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They're both very good. Anyways, yeah. what do you guys have in there that we don't? And what do you think we got right? We'd love to know. Uh, all the guitar nerds out there, um, what did we get wrong? About- What's up? What did we get wrong? Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious what, what the what the guitar players out there think because you guys will know better than anybody why. Mike does a certain thing or, or you've studied his pedal board from all the live shows on YouTube and the phrasing and his, and his influences. And so you'll, you'll know why things are happening. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. Yeah. Um, we'll stick with Mike. And, you know, like I said before, he mentioned uh, in a recent publication, his five favorite songs to play live. Um, I'll quickly go through them and then we can kind of chat briefly about this because there's not uh, nothing too crazy here black alive off he goes inside job and a cover baba o'reilly um let's go in reverse order here so baba sort of this is what kind of surprised me it's it's not their song of course and 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 there are plenty of performances where he kind of messes up his parts um they're not really meant for the guitar but but he kind of the opening part and then the very very ending when matt kind of picked up the speed there so it's got to be about i guess the party of it right it's got to be the, the yeah. togetherness of everybody enjoying enjoying, enjoying the moment so. yeah yeah get, get everybody out there on stage and do the thing that and rocking in the free world you know yeah that's i had I that there as well like it's got to be just that like maybe maybe he's just kind of I don't know what what Baba has over Rock in the Free World for him, but it's got to be that life of the party thing. I think it's that, and it's just th- that song when it came out was that moment at a live rock show that was. Mm, you know, that's true. You know, it was like, uh, you know, the rock equivalent of. Uh, oh, this is probably sacrilege, but I was gonna say <laughs> it. It felt akin to the rock equivalent of of what you got with, you know, Queen at the, the, the Live Aid. You know where. You, oh, it's just yeah. this this moment in a rock show that everybody is just you know in unison 
connected. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, inside job. So it's his song, man. Right? It's his song. I mean, it's probably his greatest songwriting triumph. And right. I imagine that he, to, well, to hear Ed sing his words must be, it must feel amazing to see right. that happen. Um, I think at this point too, and maybe even still, uh, this is probably his favorite, most complete contribution. Um, it is. Yeah. So when they pull it out of the woodwork, he must feel pretty damn good. Is my Agreed. guess. Yeah. You know, uh, off he goes. So this one intrigues me because Indeed. he's not doing a whole lot in this song. Um, all three guitars kind of dance around the same chord progression. You know, there's some nice country ish bluesy lead lines kind of in between the verses. I'm sure they're different for each performance. So that maybe that's an opportunity for him to flex a muscle in a different way. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he likes this song. Would you have any, any ideas? I do not. All, all I can, it's, it's longer. So I think it's, uh, it, it's a song that by nature it's, there's, there's going to be a slower one in there that he enjoys. You know what I mean? I think anytime you're a guitar player, there's going to be something heavy that you love. And then there's just going to be a chord progression on the slower side, something mm. on the down tempo side that you just love to play. Maybe it's and the from, whole, go ahead. It's, it's that, you know, it's that down tempo side of what Mike loves most. And so, mm. I think this happens to be the song in the catalog that fits the bill. I wonder if it's kind of like that old adage of like, and I've said before the, uh, when you, when you, when I was learning how to, how to draw an art class that the guy was like, draw the space, not the shape. So right. it's kind of like the, you know, the notes you don't play kind of thing. Like I'm not, I'm not going to fill in all the spaces and I enjoy like that part of it. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, alive. So, I mean, yeah, it's obviously every it's every Pearl lick, Jam's Baba O'Reilly. So, I mean, that, that seems pretty obvious. Every yeah. every lick he's ever learned, he weaves into this one. So, why not? I, I I can't imagine why you wouldn't love playing this. And then Black, uh, it's a beautiful accompaniment to Ed, as you mm-hmm. spoke about earlier. Uh, maybe it has to do with the emphasis shifting to him. It, it, it's the spotlight moment. Most of his other solos are uh, just all p- part of the band. This is that one solo that, uh, gosh, man, in, in in a lot of ways, it's just him on a stage and there's nobody else around. And I, when you watch him play this solo live, he is in one place, just he's, he's in the ethos somewhere. Um, See, he's not with it. He's somewhere else when he plays this. And you know, I, too, I just, about that solo, it's like he's still within the song, right? Oh, they, yeah. They just extended what they what they were doing anyways. Whereas you talk about a spotlight. I mean, they literally almost stopped playing the song for even flow. And like a hardly like they're so muted in what they're doing, what Stone and Jeff are doing. Um, it's just that that's the platform. That's right. like that's like Tommy Lee going out and the upside down drum circle. Like mm-hmm. they they've carved that out for him. Black isn't carved out. They just keep playing because he keeps playing. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he made the spotlight happen as opposed to even though the band gave him the spotlight kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who what what lead guitar player wouldn't like a spotlight? <laughs> I guess. Um. Yeah. There you go. I mean, not not much to that. Uh. These these are our assumptions. Of course, we haven't spoken to Mike, but Mike, if you're listening, feel free to come on and tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> All right. You know, that'd be cool. 
All right, guys, uh, let's move on now then to our lyric of the week. All right, we're going back to Gigaton. Mentioned the song earlier. Quick escape. Paul, the last verse of Quick Escape. What's going on here? Oh, this little sci-fi ditty. Um, you know, <laughs> I think I gave this song a five out of five. You when did. We, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was just this absolutely stellar rock achievement. Uh, I don't think I'm quite as sweet on it as I was back then. I haven't soured on it, don't get me wrong. But when I listen to the song now, um, it, it's the music that really keeps me connected to it. I think that this whole Mars approach, the, the green grass, the sky, the red wine, all these things being so fragile and what we need to do to avoid putting ourselves in a position where th- this, is, this is reality. And, and I think I talked about this when we reviewed this song back, mm. I don't know, it might've been three years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there was that warrant song, April, 2021. Oh yeah. I think you mentioned it then too. I, I did. I did mention it then you listen to the lyrics and it's just this haunting, like post-apocalyptic world. And it's basically just of, of, of much simpler, less poetic approach to, uh, this exact same subject matter. Um, in a lot of ways, it you know, Quick Escape is is a far superior version of what that song was meant to be, or what that song was. I should because it, it was a fully realized composition, obviously. So, <clears throat> it's just a reminder of, you know, a future that we we don't want to see happen and come to fruition, but one that surely has a chance of becoming so if if we don't start waking up and you know being more realistic about what we're doing to this planet and taking a more active role and trying to mitigate those dangerous effects and uh try to you know minimize our carbon footprint so i think it's a song that's it's a necessary even if it's on the nose reminder that no matter how on the nose it is we just won't listen to it and my hope my my ever die my ever my, my never dying hope my undying hope is that uh, the right people will listen to messages like this soon. And uh, when I say right people, I mean those who have the ability to, to, to make the kind of impact necessary. Because it, it seems to me like we just can't seem to slow this thing down. Yeah. I, I really just hope this remains sci-fi. Yeah. You know, <laughs> every year, hell, every month, every week, there seems to be a new story that makes many of us want to extricate ourselves from wherever we live. And, and as, as always, 
Jason, we live in LA. People literally move here because of the weather and we've been drowning under an atmospheric freaking river for how many, my floors well, have water damage and my walls are falling. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it is like a nightmare right now. And it's amazing because this is, the, we, we've been talking about a drought out here for so long. And so we we're, we were desperately craving rain, like doing rain dances. And then it's, now uh, we're, we're <laughs> we can't get out of it. It's, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, or so don't, that's not global warming. What is it's, um, I love the people who always go when it's when it's cold out. Like, where's global warming? It's like, bro, it's it creates <laughs> extremes on both ends. You jackass. Um, yeah, we like we have had severe drought for like four or five years, probably more than that actually. And now we've had a ridiculous amount of rain and snow across this state of California for the last month. This is not normal. Records, <laughs> records. There's there's like ten feet of snow, no more than two hours away from us. And I mean, well, that's a whole nother conversation, but to try and steer it back, uh, Edward Drumvetter, as always, does a great job of illustrating, painting with words, the story that he's trying to transmit. He, he, he's always had a way with words and this selection for me is no exception. I mean, who else would put bivouac and Kerouac <laughs> in the same couplet? Eddie. Jerome Vetter. That's who. And when this song first came out, I had to look up what the hell a bivouac was. God damn it. Making me bust out the dictionary. <laughs> what the fuck is a bivouac? But the overall message of not fucking up our planet remains the priority here. And I think to have written lyrics more directly, obviously, and you said it was it's pretty obvious, but I think you could have been even more obvious by not being by not painting the story. That's like parallel to it, you know, right. um, it's almost like the, the whole flies and honey metaphor. I think if you, by not being so, so obvious, we're destroying our planet. And by doing the thing like, oh, all these beautiful things are fragile. We've only one way flight. Like you're just, mm -hmm. you're skating by it. I think it makes, it makes the whole idea go down smooth because I think, I think otherwise it could be too preachy too obnoxious and i think a lot of people who are maybe more conservative have um an issue with you know latter day ed a little getting a little too happy on the microphone there and and, and talking his his uh his opinions on on certain things but you know that's why it's it's important to me that he wasn't so on the nose he he skated by the nose on this one with, right. with an allegory. And I think that yeah. was smart um, because when the lesson is being taught is so political, I think it's smart for the audience, for anybody to, to do that. I mean, nowadays, damn near everything is turned political, even when it's inherently not. And you'd think that not destroying the planet would be one of those things, but here we are <laughs> <laughs> too, too many folks hack off the noses despite their face. But again, another discussion for another time. It's yeah. almost like this song it's just one of a few movements in an orchestral sense within the record about saving what we have while we have it. You know, you got the the literal sense of our planet to the figurative like love and the idea of recognizing all the great shit that we have right now and fighting to keep it is very real on this record and in this song. And I mean, and who doesn't like green grass sky and red wine? I, yeah. I, lo I love that shit. We all do. Are you a red wine guy or are you a white wine guy? I'm a red wine guy. As am I. I mean, I won't turn down white wine. No, yeah, 
I mean, right. you know, give, give me a nice bottle of Malbec and I'm in heaven. Ah, oh, that's a lovely, lovely uh, varietal. Is that, is that yeah, yeah. yeah, varietal. I know wine. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Quick escape. Curious what you guys think about that. That's that's kind of the abridged version. I, I know Paul and I could talk about that topic and what the song's fighting for for a long time. But, you know, we got we got lives and wives to tend to. <laughs> Anyways, curious what you guys think. Please let us know in the comments. We know you do. Let's uh, let's move on to our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up. Well, it's from last year. It's from 2022. It's got to be, or it could be 2021 if if we wanted to go that route. Paul, what are we doing for Quick Escape? We're going to London, my friend, July 8th, 2022.
Yes, London is a great shout. It's um, you know, of the twenty-five performances, I think probably half of them were played down-tuned. Which they got the guitars down about. I don't half. know why they did that, but my guess is Ed's throat. He wasn't hitting the notes. Maybe it was. I think a lot of them were post Paris. Right. Um, couldn't really hit the notes uh, at the back end of the course there. That's my guess. Um, so for me, it, it needed to be the proper tuning. And then there were some that they just didn't start well together. And that immediately kind of threw out the window. So you've got a, a few here that I think were in contention. We talked about um, Krakow, Workter, Hamilton, uh, Ontario yeah. in Canada. But ultimately, London, I think, wins out. Um, again, Nicole Alvarez has got her fingerprints all of this episode. Um, she was there. And and those two shows in London were fantastic. And Paul, what what about this performance to you got it to the top of the heap? Well, maybe I was influenced by our discussion about Mike's <laughs> solos because he uh, has a rip roaring one here. Uh, I just think it's the the best combination of um, of his solo, uh, Ed's energy. Uh, he does he does this amazing countdown leading yeah. into these solos. And I don't think he does it in every single performance, but it's a nice addition. He's, he's got a lot of spunk in this version. Uh, the band sounds great. Not, not just, you know, when they're doing the background vocals, those are very tight in this rendition, but uh, I think they sound great musically as well. The, the sound engineering and the mixing on uh, these boots is fantastic as well. <clears throat> so I just, can't imagine enough compelling evidence based on what I've heard from the other versions that says, no, nah, we got to go with this one. It's, it's just stellar version. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, for the most part, Ed generally has an equally good from, from like the top tier versions an equally good performance. Um, so it tends to come down to how tight is the band and what is Mike sound like? Right. And while Mike sounds great on pretty much all of them, there was a little extra sauce on this one. And for whatever reason, it's the only version that has a tag. Yeah. <laughs> so they tagged no future on the end of this thing and it worked seamlessly. And that crowd just ate it up. The London Hyde Park crowds are always good. So I love this choice. I, I think I think there's a, a few really good content, uh, songs in contention. But I think London's a great shout. Uh, if you guys were there, you can tell us all about it. And um, if you weren't there, but agree with us, also tell us about it. And if you disagree, also tell us about it. Yeah. You don't always get them right. You know, we're human. Bleep blorp. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, that's the episode 148 in the books. Um, we hope you enjoy this very guitar-centric episode. And uh, I know that coming up, we've got um one big one big chat coming on the pike in a couple of weeks and um we got a mailbag coming up we've got an interview coming up actually in the coming weeks with a pearl jam fan who's put together a fantastic book all around the community i cannot wait mm -hmm. to talk to them which, about which we, oh. we we consistently praise yes and espouse on, on a weekly basis on the show so yeah Looking forward to that. But in, in the meantime, enjoy 
this episode. Enjoy your Tuesday and the week beyond. And we'll see you next week. And until we do, you've been listening to State of Love and Trust. Love and Trust.